0: This is Brad Thomas with IRE, and I'm back again with another CEO Roundtable interview. Uh, Today, I'm with uh, Ivan Kaufman. Ivan is the CEO of Arbor Realty, that's ticker symbol A-B-R. Ivan, it's good to see you today.
1: Well, nice to be here. And Brad, thanks for that great report you wrote on Arbor Realty Trust. Really appreciate it. It was a good stimulus for our stock.
0: Great. Well, you know, I'm a shareholder, so uh, we're, we're certainly aligned line here. Um, you know, we've been covering the company, Ivan, for, for a number of years. Um, and obviously, you're kind of a unique player, if you will, in the commercial mortgage re, uh, sector. You don't really have any direct peers per se. Uh, we, we, we cover, you know, some of the big names, the Blackstones, the Starwoods, the KKRs, all the way down to the latter, uh, ladders, but, uh, but Arbor is a really a, a unique business model, at least in terms of the competitive set. Can you talk a little bit high level about you know, what Arbor does for those who, who aren't as familiar with the company?
1: Sure. I, I think when you're looking at the, the peer group, uh, you, can, you know looking at the Star Wars and the Blackstones, those are pure mortgage, mortgage rates. They originally mortgages, they leverage them, they put it on their balance sheet, and they create a dividend based on the spread Uh, they collect and the spread they pay in interest. While that's a small component of our business and an important component of our business, we're a really diversified mortgagery, uh, having significant number of operating businesses. As you wrote up in your report, we're one of the larger uh, GSE agency lenders, uh, where we originate loans nationwide. Uh, We create a gain on sale, and most importantly, we create a significant servicing uh, stream of income. The company has basically $22.5 billion of mortgage servicing rights at 44 basis points of servicing, which is prepayment protections and creates an earning stream of over 10 years. In addition to that, you know I'm a business entrepreneur operator. I create a lot of businesses, and we have many different business lines within the REIT. We have a single-family originations company, which has been a great contributor, and it works as a counter-cyclical hedge to the other business line. Uh, we also own and operate some real estate and create income from that. So we have a multiple number of lines uh, of business that create us as a true operating franchise, which distinguish us from our peers. But we do trade uh, very much as a group with our peers, sometimes uh, better, sometimes worse. But uh, clearly, uh, before uh, COVID hit, we were trading at a very good level. Uh, when the peer group fell apart, we fell with the peer group, and now we're returning and going to be trading well in excess of our peer group.
0: Great. Well, of course, we cover the uh, multifamily uh, REIT sector as well. So, some of the names like Essex and uh, Avalon Bay, some of those names I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, and obviously, they sold off rather dramatically. Um, given the pandemic and what we're seeing out there, especially some of the gateway markets, New York City, San Francisco, um West Coast getting hit really hard. Um, your, your, your company seems to be rather resilient and so can you kind of talk about, you know, uh, how you've been able to manage the risk through this current pandemic and what we're seeing in the multifamily sector?
1: Sure. You know, we, we have an unbelievably seasoned uh, in this management team that's been through a lot of cycles. Through each cycle, you gain a lot of experience and you run your business based on the experience you've gotten. And uh, one of the things that we realized um, is that the multifamily asset class sector through every recession is clearly the most resilient asset class. So we strategically decided uh, after the Great Recession take uh that asset class and put most of our emphasis on that asset class so about 80 percent of our book is multi-family asset um so that was a, a key strategic decision understanding that if there was a dislocation um that that dislocation will be temporary and will come back you have to also keep in mind that uh, you have the liquidity in the system due to the government being freddie May and freddie mac and that really works but so when there's a dislocation in the sector. Uh, the agencies, many of Freddie, who work to move over that dislocation. So, first and foremost, the asset class we're in is the best. And the way we conduct our business is really important. Uh, we're really not a big mezzanine shop or a private equity, you know, PE shop. We do mostly senior debt and we leverage it in vehicles like CLOs, which really pre- we're really a preeminent name at the sector. So, we're not too highly leveraged. Um, we're not subject to uh, other institutions giving us more to market and squeezing you in, in, in dislocated times. The business model is extremely fundamental. And more importantly, we have, we have long-dated incomes. We open up our doors, and we have probably 50% to 75% of our income is already in our book. We don't have to create new business. So given the nature of our operating franchise, given our asset class, and given our uh, we've really positioned ourselves really well for success. And, you know, people ask me often, well, how are you doing so well, you know, in this dislocation? Uh, the answer to that is you don't do well after the dislocation. It's the planning for the dislocation. So all the moves we've done were over the, the many years before the dislocation. And, Brad, you know, we went to a 10-year bull run in the last of us. And it was our approach and attitude and our experience that you know we were approaching the top. And when you're approaching the top, you have to change the way you do business to pull back on your origination. Um, you make sure you have adequate liquidity because when there is a dislocation, getting liquidity is almost impossible. We did not have that issue. we were sitting on a significant amount of equity and capital. Our debt structures were really solid. And when the dislocation hit, even though we were nervous and concerned, like everybody else, we were extraordinarily well positioned.
0: Great. Well, um, I believe in the second quarter, uh, the company announced a dividend increase. Uh, a little bit of a surprise, uh, given the fact that that many many of your peers were were cutting or suspending dividends. Um, so, can you talk a little bit about your dividend policy? Kind of how you see that dividend.
1: Sure. Um, You know, everybody was calling and saying, keep the dividend, keep the dividend as a public company. I couldn't really talk, but we're not in the best year we've ever had. Um, Our our originations are in excess of last year. Margins are really solid. And then in the bottom of the cycle, we had a lot of liquidity and continued to lend. So uh, we we were running our business in, in a fashion that was even better than last year. And the other factor, which people don't recognize immediately, is that when you go through a recession, you really have the opportunity to streamline your operations. I think we cut a significant amount of SG&A. Just the savings on, on that is very significant. And we didn't lose any productivity. Uh, when you're in a bull run, you're growing your revenues, and you're not paying attention to your expenses, and obtaining the right personnel is a little bit of a struggle. These are the best of times to really take your, you know, look internally, create the savings, and be more efficient and create more more productivity. So between the diversified income streams, between our business growing, and between the s and a savings, uh, we're having the best year ever, and it was a surprise to everybody, uh, but not to our staff and our management people who follow us we had the potential to increase our dividend, which we did. Um, and we have the probably the lowest payout ratio between our dividend and our core mm-hmm. earnings. Um, and I think just as significant uh, is the fact that we've increased our dividend nine years in a row. I mean, that's extraordinary. And not just once, but not, not just many times. I, I think in several years we did, you know, two, maybe three times our dividend increases. So we have an extraordinary track record, very well prepared. Uh, And our business is just, uh, in many ways, one of the winners uh, in this recession.
0: Great. Last question, Ivan. I want to ask you in terms of your, um, you know, really inside ownership. uh, uh, I believe when I written on the company a couple of weeks ago, um, there's, you know, fairly significant inside ownership, uh, which certainly uh, provides a strong alignment of interest for individual investors like myself. Uh, So can you talk a little bit about your your, uh, you know, your inside ownership and how important that is uh, for the company?
1: You know, alignment of interest, as you mentioned, is probably the most important thing on a long-term basis. And, you know, we think not just uh, long-term, but we're also interested in the short-term as well. And I have a long history of being a serial entrepreneur and I've always done, founded companies, built them, and, and maintained a very, very strong relationship. And it's just not just me; it's my management team as well. Uh, so we currently own, but uh, inside ownership, uh, somewhere around you know 23 to 24 million shares, being over 20% holding in the company. Um, and you know it's important to us to make all the right moves to whatever affects shareholders. Um, my response is: it affects me. That affects any individual shareholder. I am the largest shareholder. That's the way I run my businesses. Uh, that's how I look at creating value for myself. And uh, I'm as aligned with uh all as anybody could be. So we're pretty motivated, we think appropriately. And that's just a market my run and my companies and build.
0: Great. Well, Ivan, I wanna thank you for your time today and uh, and continued success uh, with uh, with the company. Uh, obviously Arbor's done really well for, for me personally and uh Look forward to uh, staying in touch with you and uh, getting through this pandemic together. So I wish you well.